1: Hey, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Before we get into episode 38, I just want to remind all of you listeners out there to check out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. If you've been playing along like Travis and I on the NFL platform and all all their great GPPs and cash games and uh, unique head-to-head matchup features, I've got good news for you. They've extended that to the NBA. So if you like the round ball and the hard court, and you know you're just you've become a DFS degenerate check out NBA games on Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports if you've never deposited before uh, feel free to use our promo code viz25 that's viz25 you'll get $25 for free added to your account and you can start your journey towards your next big win now for episode 38 we're going to talk to you about some of our favorite uh, mid-season trade targets for dynasty formats based off the Rotoviz strength of schedule tools.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. My name is Travis May, and I'm the Debbie Coordinator at RotoViz. And I'm joined by Curtis Patrick, who is the Dynasty Coordinator at RotoViz. And we are going to be talking about how you can position yourselves to win the championship in your Dynasty leagues this year. This is the time, the most crucial time of the year to go fishing for those trade targets that are going to be the difference makers down the stretch so we want to take a look at some of the top options based on you know their remaining strength of schedule and uh, their playoff matchups to, to hopefully help you win now but also just take a look at their uh, value in the future but uh, before I do I jump in there Curtis how you doing man I'm doing okay man I've
1: got I've got actually one of my favorite bourbons poured uh, for this episode I'm, I'm battling a little bit of the cold as I'm sure many listeners are, change of seasons here uh, in the Midwest, in Ohio, where I'm at. So I've got Maker's Mark, uh, Cask Strength. I'm trying to just burn those cobwebs out. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying that. And we are actually back after, I'm missing a week last week. So it'll be good to cut up the Dynasty chat with you. I kind of want to throw this to you and just get your reaction to it before we talk about these trade targets for league winners. It's something I put out there on Twitter earlier this week. Kind of a little contender pretender quiz, yeah. Because I think we need to frame, yeah. I think we need to frame these trade targets around the idea of well, do you actually have a chance to get into the playoffs? And if you can get into the playoffs, do you have a chance to win? I mean, there's not that much regular season left. You know, we're only through eight weeks of the NFL season at this point, but that's you know two thirds of the of most fantasy football league season. So this is the little contender pretender quiz I put together. Let me see what you think. Is there anything you would add? Do you agree? Um and and I don't know I just think it'd be a good little diagnostic for the listeners to to run through. So the the first bullet point here was: Are you within one game of a playoff spot? What do you what do you think about being further or more than one game out at, at this juncture? Would you feel okay being aggressive if you're more than one game out?
2: That's that's probably a good good base level to kind of just look at your team. Uh I, I think that there are several other factors if there. There's got to be some weird stuff going on. Like, you got to be, you know, most points for, or, you know, missing a couple studs or something like that. If you're more than a game out right now, there's got to be a lot of stuff go your way uh, to really get back in the picture. So maybe if you're two games out, you better
1: own all the tiebreakers. We could, maybe we could say that. Maybe you've just been unlucky with your head to heads. Yeah. Okay. So, but in general, uh, a good a good starting spot for this contender or pretender quiz would be, are you within one game of a playoff spot? And, of course, if you're in some sort of league where you have a head-to-head and an all-play or you have two head-to-heads each week, you know, you're just going to have to adjust for league-specific factors there. But I think you kind of get the idea. You don't want to be too far out at this point and make irresponsible trades um, thinking that your luck's going to all of a sudden turn. Another uh, bullet point or question in this diagnostic was, do you have a stud – returning from injury soon so you know maybe you're one of those teams that is two games back and you own some tiebreakers because you got off to a hot start or you're you're one game back and and deciding if you need to make trades but you know you're gonna have Devonte adams coming back or patrick mahomes etc
2: yeah and that was actually going to be one of my modifiers if you're two games down but you know you started three and oh because your team was kind of put together or you, you, you've you been faking it till you make it, you know, you're still like second or third in points four and you're getting one of your best, you know, anchor pieces back. I think that that's an absolute game changer. If you get that anchor piece back and add one more piece to it, that I mean, that instantly probably puts you in a situation where you're one of the best teams, top three teams in the league, um, if you're looking at your team objectively, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think um, the other qualifier with this one is 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 if you're struggling a little bit, but it's been because you've been missing a stud. As long as that that player who's coming back or or set of players that's coming back is young enough, making an aggressive you know win now or win in the short window trade isn't going to necessarily hurt you for next year because you should be in good position again. Uh, I think would be the the justification for that. And then and then uh, you know the other item that I had in here was can one market value trade put you into contention? So, I mean, we all like to think that we're going to be able to make these trades where we're the clear winner um, and there's just some, you know, chump in our league that we can take advantage of. But let's just be realistic. Can, Can a market value trade of, you know, a future rookie pick or a young player who hasn't broken out or isn't getting the run for a productive veteran, can a trade like that, that's reasonably fair and would be accepted in most cases or at least defensible in most cases, put you into contention.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair too because I think that's, that's you really, at this point, you really have to ask some tough questions about the makeup of your, of your team uh, and, and what's going to change things for you because, I mean, you can always just kind of cross your fingers and hope you can get in, in as the five or six seed into your playoffs, but if you look at the top three teams and it's super heavily stacked and you're really not in position to win the whole thing now, uh, that that's going to change everything. So I think, it's not even just, can I make the playoffs? It's can this market value trade really put me into the, the clear top three conversation? It's not just going to be a mess of luck that, that gets me the, the ship here. So I, I like those criteria. That's a, that's a great quiz to kind of really gauge where your team is right now. Okay,
1: good. I, I think we're on the same page, and I think that can frame kind of how we go through yeah. the strength of schedule analysis. What What I would say before we even do that is, if you're looking at your team and you can't answer one to at least of those questions, uh, or can't answer yes to at least one of those questions, you know you may want to consider selling uh, or or staying put um, and and just seeing if if luck puts you in. I mean, if you're two games back and you don't have a stud returning, you don't own any tiebreakers. Let's not be irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have any clear you know expiring assets to sell, you know you know like the Larry Fitzgeralds or. Even AJ Green's of the world, you know players that are never going to rise again in dynasty value. Those types of players, if they're not on your roster, you don't necessarily have anybody to sell. If you do have some of those guys, well, let's sell them off. Let's recoup some value. Let's not count on them um, to to bring you home a title because it's, it's not going to happen. And and somebody may be willing to give you something, even if it's a, a you know like a future a pair of future thirds or something yeah. for for Larry Fitzgerald, if you can even get that now. Um, but th- <laughs> those are the Jason Witten's, you know those types of. Types of players that, you know, still maybe have some name brand value, you know, get them yeah. off the roster. But, you know, we want to be positive. We're going to talk about how to actually go chase those uh, ships for yeah. the rest of the episode.
2: I, yeah, actually go win, win the ship. Yeah, you got to. It's all about winning the ships. And, and speaking of, of ship and, and ships, uh, the holiday rush is coming. And if you sell stuff online, I do at my job all the time, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. And, and But how do you keep track of all those orders, or, or decide which shipping carrier to use, or e- even if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help with that. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out of the door, and delivered in time for the holidays. And no matter what, when you're selling, what you're selling, Amazon, you know Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. You see, ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even you know, offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for you know, the large Fortune 500 companies, and you'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No, it's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers, you'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. So take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle-stress-free holiday shipping. Perfect timing right about now. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE, ShipStation. Make ship happen. All right, so Curtis, we've been speaking about ships a little bit too much here recently, but we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, talking about some players that you can you know use to help win you those championships, get some rings. Uh, so you can rub it on all your friends' faces. So we're going to use the Strength of Schedule app on RotoViz to help educate our decisions and, and find some studs or, you know, just workable options here down the stretch that might be the difference makers uh, in in shaping your championship rosters. So uh, starting it off with quarterbacks, just looking at the options for the rest of the season. Uh, there, there's some great options at the top that you uh, wouldn't kind of jump out, you know, if we just threw their name into uh, a pot, you wouldn't think. Oh, yeah, that's a championship-winning quarterback. I mean, because the the best team down the stretch it looks like right now is actually the Buccaneers. Uh, so, are you trusting Jameis Winston uh, as you head down the stretch, given his lineup, uh, you know, matchups as we head into the playoffs? Yeah, I I think
1: I feel better about Jameis Winston now than I did after the first month of the season. I think I was still questioning. You know, would he really? would the coaching staff really double down if he had any trouble? And, I mean, he's coming off a five-interception performance in week six and then through another pair of picks in, in week eight. Bruce Arians continues to defend him, even blaming uh, both of the interceptions against Tennessee you know, on receivers. And um, I, I think the coaching staff there is really committed uh, to Jameis Winston. And if you look at who he has played year-to-date and who he's going to get to play year-to-date, I mean, the skies are like as sunny as can be. I mean, he had one of the actual, actually one of the toughest schedules of any quarterback, uh, weeks one through six. And then he has the best schedule from a fantasy perspective, uh, weeks nine through the end of the season. And if we if we want to get real specific, I mean, the only like below average matchup that he has is week fourteen, so first week of most leagues fantasy playoffs against the Colts, and that's that's actually basically a neutral matchup. He has very favorable matchups against Detroit and Houston in the fantasy semifinals and championship rounds. He gets an awesome, awesome matchup with Atlanta in week twelve. Uh, still faces Arizona. I mean, he's got you know two what top six <laughs> or top four. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly uh, at the moment uh, that we're recording where Godwin and, and Evans uh, rank in PPR, but you know they're both way up at the top of uh, the leaderboard. So he's got the weapons. Um, I, I feel great about it, actually. And I think that Jameis Winston is kind of like, you know, this, he, there's just stigma about him that you can't really view him as a, a valuable asset anymore, especially in a 1QB league. So I've no, I, I think it is kind of a sneaky buy, actually, even in a 1QB league. I think he can easily average, you know, more than 20 PPR the rest of the way. And I think he's going to have some, you know, really awesome weeks where, you know, he maybe puts
2: up 30-plus. Yeah, he's actually, I think he's quarterback 17-ish right now in kind of more standard uh, scoring setups. But really, if you look at his average per game numbers, uh, I think he's back in quarterback one right now, facing a really tough schedule. So facing the easiest matchups down the stretch in Superflex and even in one quarterback uh, leagues, you really have to consider moving for him, especially because of that stigma. So, you know, he's not the name that just sounds uh, as sexy as, as he once was, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, but he's definitely somebody that uh, you could probably trust in just because the organization seems seems to trust him and the matchups are just super juicy (laughs) down the stretch. But uh, a a pressing question for a lot of dynasty owners surrounds Gardner Minshew and his future, uh, even immediate future this year, because they have some great matchups too. I mean, you mentioned... Uh, Jameis getting to play Atlanta in week 12 well the, the Jaguars get to play Atlanta in the championship week for fantasy football and the week before that they play the Oakland Raiders who are an even better matchup and they play the Buccaneers just a couple weeks before that, uh, leading into you know, the final week, the regular season, week 13, when you absolutely need a win to maybe even qualify for the playoffs or to, to get, get yourself into a better seed into the playoffs. So Gardner Minshew, do you believe that he's the, the franchise quarterback for the Jaguars moving forward? I really don't
1: know. They, they paid Nick Foles uh, so much money. And the problem for me with actually targeting Minshew or paying anything for him is they still have that week 10 buy. And so, you know, going after a player who is not going to be available available to me. I mean, if you go after Minshew, you're basically going after him specifically for, you know, three out of those last four games, the, the three matchups that, that you mentioned. I mean, he, he's a streamer at best right now. Um, only has one game this season with three passing touchdowns. It actually was in week eight against uh, the New York jets. Um, He has added actually some sneaky value on the ground. Uh, He has four games with over 40 yards rushing. Uh, I did not know that until uh, right before the show and doing a little bit of, of screening and prep. So uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit more floor there than, than I had realized, but I still, I, I still don't honestly know, you know, if Nick Foles, does look like he's going to be available um, in week 11 or any after week 11. Do the Jaguars, you know, take a look and see what they have in foals with this lineup um, before fully committing to Minshew? So, you know, like in a super flex league, I'd probably be less likely to go after Minshew where he's going to actually hold more value relative to other positions. But in a single QB, um, maybe he's not even owned. Um, and, and a 12-team league cert- certainly might be available in a 10-team dynasty league single QB. Hopefully you're not playing in a format like that, but I know some of you are out there listening. Hmm. Um, but if you can get him as a throw-in um, around some other sort of deal or you can throw, you know, like a fourth-round rookie pick, something of insignificant value and potentially bolster your playoff quarterback starting options, yeah, I'd be,
2: I'd be for that. Do you think he's a franchise? I think he is. I, th- I think that he's done enough to show, especially in his first year. I mean, every game except for one, he's had at least 200 yards passing. He's, he's got a, a decent rushing floor, seems to make a ton of, of good uh, decisions. I mean, he's only got two interceptions on the year, yeah. and we're talking about a rookie. I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. If we put his stats next to anybody – uh, this year, or really even in past years, uh, just for rookie quarterbacks. I mean, even just like last season, we had, you know, Darnold throwing a ton of picks and uh, even Mayfield threw some picks last year. And obviously he's doing that again this year. So, I mean, if he had any draft capital tied to his name at all, it would just kind of be like a no-brainer at this point. So it, it seems like they've hit. So I, I, I like, even in Superflex leagues, using the upcoming buy to my advantage, in uh, just the immediate trade talks and value and saying, hey, look, I need this guy to make the playoffs. You know why I'm trading for him. I'm okay with taking the, the buy, but that's going to dock his value just a tad. So using that to my advantage, just knowing that if I truly am in a position to win a, a championship, that one buy week is not going to be the, the difference between me, um, you know, making or breaking uh, my whole season, hopefully, anyway. Sure. But uh, yeah, that's- besides...
1: Yeah, that's probably that's probably more applicable to like a redraft discussion and and dynasty. Yeah, Yeah, not really unless we're talking about a much bigger name and trading within a tier. Probably not going to pay attention to that bye week quite as much. Yeah, man, he's pacing. If you look at that, he's pacing for a twenty six four touchdown interception split this season. I mean, that's almost that's like Aaron Aaron Rodgers light right there. You know that it is pretty. That's like Nick Foles. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. so it's <laughs> like yeah i don't i don't like have a good, two or whatever it was yeah i mean i don't yeah it was 27 2 i i don't have a good rebuttal um for anyone who wants to say Gardner Minshew's a franchise i mean i think maybe the thing is is you could you could argue maybe it's a, a point of personal pride for the gm who went out and spent all this money on nick Foles, but they're you know it's also the same yeah. person that signed Minshew. <laughs> um so you know either way you get credit <laughs> uh, and you're in a good and you're in a good spot so um certainly there there may not be a quarterback with a juicier very end of season uh lineup who else who else you got we got a couple more guys here to talk about the quarterback position
2: yeah i think a couple other guys that we just need to address just because there's going to be questions uh down the stretch here but i mean if cam newton comes back and he still has his job as the starter uh he has a pretty soft matchup uh when you look at i mean he's got The the week 13, he's got the Redskins, and that's pretty cake. And then he's got the Falcons, first week of the playoffs, super cake. The Seahawks have actually been surprisingly soft on defense as well through the air. So he's got that week 15. And then a neutral matchup that we kind of already covered in the Colts in the championship week. Uh, And so Cam Newton, if he comes back and he's not completely dead, I think that's somebody right now, because of his values being so depressed, that's an obvious buy window still wide open I think given that uh, Kyle Allen's having success uh, in his absence at least some limited success here and there so I I don't believe Kyle Allen necessarily is the the franchise answer as much as I do Minshew (laughs) so uh, and I believe obviously Cam is more proven I think there's been a lot of chatter about Cam Newton just disappearing uh, that he's got way too much baggage on his body and just uh, damage on his body but that's that's when you buy right Sure. I think, I think the low
1: point was about a month ago. I know that's when I felt the lowest on cam. Um, when Kyle Allen looked really good in his first couple of starts hadn't lost yet. Didn't really know what the prognosis was on cam. All we knew is he had basically said, I'm not coming back until I'm fully healthy. Well, the shine maybe has worn slightly off of Kyle Allen, not looking great going cross country against 49ers. Now in his defense, not very many people have looked good against 49ers in quite a while against that defensive front, uh, pretty stout for any quarterback you know, to face. I, when Cam comes back, you know, he promised he was going to be 100%. I just don't know when was the last time he truly was 100% because if you look back through Cam Newton's game logs, I mean, he hasn't rushed for a touchdown since week 8 of 2018. I mean, He played the second half of that season. It's not like week 8 was his last week. You know, he, he went on and played seven more games after that. Then he played two more this year. Um, hasn't had, let's see. Um, actually only had two, three passing touchdown games in all of 2018 did not throw any touchdowns in either of his appearances, uh, in 2019 thus far, despite, uh, one of those matchups being against the Tampa Bay, uh, Buccaneers who have, you know, (laughs) just been bleeding, um, you know, opposing quarterback uh, points, as we <laughs> mentioned uh, with the, with Minshew a couple minutes ago. So I just don't, I, I just really, truly do not know what Cam Newton is at this point in his career. So um, in the single quarterback leagues, yeah. I don't think he's carrying much value. You know, in super flex formats, I did sell him on a competing team. I actually sold him for uh, Tom Brady uh, about a month ago. And I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but I know I talked to you about it um, at the time that I had made the deal and, and kind of even wondering, which player would play longer. <laughs> and I, and I think, you know, when, when cam comes back, yeah, you know, when cam comes back, I mean, if, if he's, if he's truly healthy, he's probably gonna play longer than Tom Brady. But you know, the fact we were even having that conversation at that point speaks to how much his value had dropped. So let's just, um, okay, let's, let's just go ahead and say, he's got a favorable schedule rest of the year. Let's say that he gets the job back. You know what, by week, what, what week we want to say, let's say he gets the job back. What next week? after the bye, maybe I mean, week 11 yeah after the
2: bye, let's just yeah that, i think that you know that's 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 probably feasible even if it's yeah week, week 11 against the, the the falcons that would be pretty that'd be a pretty nice matchup to come back to okay well then then he's gonna soft, have five
1: so. green light matchups he's gonna have atlanta new orleans washington atlanta again and seattle and then a neutral matchup Oof. with uh with the Colts. so um yeah. let's say he's you know if we knew he was fully healthy you know, we knew he's going to be the starter next year, and the team wasn't going to move on from that contract. So we know that he's still going to be married to Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore because I think that's important. You know, if we don't know who he's going to be next year, that totally changes how what we think about Cam Newton. At least it would for me. In a single
2: QB league, would you pay? Would you pay a second for him? In a single QB league, yeah, I think so. Okay. I think most quarterbacks are kind of in that range, and I, I like twenty twenty, but I think he's still worth that that type of pay.
1: Okay, would you pay? A first, so you're contending. It's going to be a mid to late. Would you pay your 2021st for Cam Newton and a second?
2: No. Yeah, probably not. No. If it's
1: one quarterback, yeah, you're going to stream no. somebody else. Yeah, right. Now, what about Superflex? Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. That's a first. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we we can get excited about uh, 2020 rookies and everything, but. Um, I think he's still in the first range, and it's a no-brainer. Just because if it's like if you're a starting quarterback, you've got a decent resume. Like unless it's like a top three surefire first, and it's unlikely that that's that's you if you're looking to. I don't know. I, I think I yeah, I, I'm okay with the first, but not much more, just because the uncertainty.
1: Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a mid to late first in the context that we're buyers uh, yeah. at this point in the season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think I, I I agree. I would not feel good about it. I would, you know, he wouldn't be my first choice to go out and buy. <laughs> you know, I'd um, it would be, no. you know, I'd, I'd be trying to buy Winston Me. first. I'd be trying to buy Minshew cheaper than or Newton for you know before <laughs> I, I do that. I mean, ba- basically, I'd be I'd be looking for a discount. I'd be looking for one of those doomsdayers on Cam Newton or um, you know somebody that maybe is is truly in a, a full tank rebuild and just unloading assets and willing to give him for maybe more of a package than actually sure. surrendering the first. So anybody else worth mentioning here?
2: Yeah. You, I mean, I mean, obviously Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. I mean, it's <laughs>
1: for, the, for, for those of you, you know, listening, that can't see even, I, Travis is in no, yeah.
2: full Titans garb um, tonight. <laughs> Titans. I am. I am. Yeah. So yeah. Ryan Tannehill, obviously he, he can't even get to 200 passing yards against the Buccaneers uh so i mean he threw three touchdowns whatever but we're we're not that's enough about Tannehill. we don't need to say anything more but i think uh, you know some people are going to ask the question with daniel jones whether he can be the guy uh, down the stretch just looking at his schedule because it's super juicy so curtis are you going to trust daniel jones in the the playoffs
1: no i mean that's no, I mean that's that's too much. I'm not I'm not entrusting my fantasy titles <laughs> just, to just Daniel. Know. I mean he he definitely had you know he had the boom week when he when he came in against Tampa Bay uh, early on. I, I can't if I made it yeah. all the way through the fantasy season to the point where I can taste the glory. <laughs> I'm not gonna trust Daniel Jones you know to bring me home. Um, if I already <laughs> if I already owned him, yeah, and it was super flex, maybe he gets you know that that super flex spot consideration but no i'm I'm not going out and buying daniel jones with the idea of using him as a fantasy playoff weapon no way
2: that's fair that's fair then but yeah i had to ask i mean like he and Tannehill. i mean both of them have juicy matchups but don't be don't get cute guys come on come on that's that's no just don't but yeah that's probably the last two quarterbacks that just have obviously good standout matchups when you look at the strength of schedule uh, down the stretch for quarterbacks but pivoting over to running back which is you know, more fun for a lot of people. There, there are a ton of running backs that look like they have a decent schedule down the stretch here. Uh, kicking it off, like the, the, the no-brainer, obvious kind of like running back one anyway uh, that I'm willing to kind of, for lack of a better term, just overpay like crazy uh, for probably at this point. And I was not in this camp to begin the season, but now I probably am. Uh, Josh freaking Jacobs for the Raiders has a, a, an amazing schedule over the next you know, four or five weeks, but then the championship week, he gets to face the chargers that have just been gross against the ground. So Curtis, I don't, I, I, I don't even know what Josh Jacobs value is right now. I think there are some people that will put him in the, the second round of a, a startup draft and single QB leagues. Um, so I don't know how to really accurately value him, but how are you going to acquire somebody like Josh Jacobs who has an absolute juicy matchup? is young is probably expensive how do you pull that off to make your team better now and into the future
1: well I think he's in multiple first territory um, now I, you can't even you can't even approach conversation even if it's an early 2020 first I don't think that you know the other party' listening at this point we've seen too much positive out of him so I mean I think the conversation starts at at two future first you know maybe they don't have to be 2020 first. if you're in a league where you can trade 2021 assets or some devi assets can enter the picture uh, maybe you can get something done yeah. that way somebody might be willing to say you know hey uh, i caught lightning in a bottle with this 2019 pick and chose the right running back you know at the, at the time that we had the 2019 draft there really wasn't a true consensus uh, on who that RB1 was going to be. So if I can cash that chip in and get a pair of firsts and, and double down and do it again, um, that might be best for, for my team moving forward. So that that might be a way to do it. If you're really deep at at receiver, and you have a, a compatible roster and Josh Jacobs is living on a team um, that's deep at running back. The problem is, is even a team that is deep at running back, he's going to probably be their youngest piece. I mean, almost certainly going to be the youngest piece. They're probably going to be wanting to move Other pieces. So um, Josh Jacobs is probably more in in true overpay territory where you're talking, you know, two firsts and a second. Um, And I I just, it's just going to be a hard conversation. It's going to be a really hard conversation to have. So he does have a great schedule. If you want to talk about actually being able to go get deals done. Finding the Josh Jacobs owner and then maybe trying to buy his other backs, <laughs> um, or her other backs, might be uh, the better way to go about it. But does have a very juicy schedule, so if you're going to overpay, um, and I, I don't know, would you pay? You might even have to sell down on the idea that he overperforms the rest of the year and, and accrues value. I mean, you, you might have to you might have to start that conversation with, you know, Zeke Elliott for Josh Jacobs plus what. You know, it's, it's probably more one of those conversations. Um, yeah. And and I, and, and that's, that's difficult to do, or, you know, Dalvin cook for Josh Jacobs plus what, you know, those, um, Nick Chubb for Josh Jacobs straight up. I don't know why either owner would do that just a straight pivot. Um, probably in that situation, but I mean, those are really probably more the types of deals. And then if you get into the, the wide receiver situation, uh, if we're gonna talk second round startup guys, I mean, can you can you add to? I don't know. Can you add something to like a Stephon Diggs who's been real hot, and 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 switch over to the running back Cooper position? Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup for Josh Jacobs straight up, something like that, or maybe add a little piece. So yeah, I mean he he's probably an elite dynasty asset at this point. Is he more than? Would you pay more than two first for him?
2: I think so. I, I just think picks are overvalued. Like I I love. Projecting, and I love ranking. I, lo- I mean, I do top one hundred rookie pieces every year, like three times. Like I love it, but I what I recognize is that Josh Jacobs, like he's the goal. Like you don't have to worry about hitting because he's already hit. Like Saquon Barkley. Like when people ask, like should I trade Saquon Barkley right now? The answer is just definitively no. Like like th- these these players that hit like this this quick. Like their 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 shelf life is kind of short-ish anyway at the running back position, but like they're the absolute goal. You don't need to risk it and say uh, I'd rather have two first. It's probably two first plus two first plus a second, two first plus a second plus something is where Josh Jacobs is in in terms of territory right now. So that that stinks. But if you want a, a piece that is probably going to increase in value, like you said down the stretch, just because he's going to continue to dominate and finish as a running back one this year, you got to do it. You got to pay you got to you got to pivot in that direction. But you know, another option who who's whose value's kind of been trending downward, uh James Conner, uh, he, he's not been the same back this year. Obviously, the offense is in a bit of a different situation than it was just a year ago for for James Conner, but the Steelers actually have the second easiest schedule down the stretch this season against the run. Uh so I mean, this might be the last chance you get before he starts doing something again here soon, and obviously, I mean, they they want to establish the run. They showed off that this past weekend, prime time when they they chose to whip out six offensive linemen, two tight ends, and Johnny Holton about a, a dozen times uh, in the middle of the field in neutral game script situations. They're they're just saying, hey, we're going to run because we want to establish the run or whatever you know, good GMs and good play callers do uh, in football. <laughs> Uh, whatever they think is really smart to do. So they, they're going to feed James Conner uh, down the stretch. So what are you doing with him? Because I feel like he, he's cheaper than Josh Jacobs right now. And that wasn't the case like uh, just uh, a couple of months ago. But uh, are you targeting him? And, and is, he, is he somebody you're you're willing to just say, hey, I believe in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I already own a lot of James Connor, So I don't have a lot of buy opportunities on him. Um, and I wasn't selling him you know, when, when the sky was falling a month ago. If you look at what he's done, I mean, he only has one great rushing game, but he has he has four rushing touchdowns, and none of that was doubled up. So he's got a rushing touchdown in, in four of seven games. He has at least four targets uh, in six of seven games. Um, he also has two receiving touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's still producing. He hasn't had the absolute – just crazy ceiling weeks like he had in 2018. But like you said, that's really been more of a function of the rest of the offense, just deteriorating around him, around him uh, in the absence of Ben Roethlisberger. And it kind of leaves me wondering, would we be seeing the same back we saw last year if Roethlisberger was, you know, behind center. And so, you know, it's hard to say that James Conner is still like a good long-term investment, but, the team is still using him like a true bell cow and, and Benny Snell yeah. um, is, is a little banged up now. I mean, I don't, I don't mind buying him. I mean, you're going to, if you're, if you're buying him with the idea of trying to ride him rest of way, I mean, you're again, the criteria we talked about, or, you know, you're within a game of contention. So we're talking mid, you know, mid first at, at worst. You know, I think if you, if you offered your 2021st for James Connor, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be accepted. And if you offer less than that, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not going to be accepted. So that's probably the price. Yeah. Um, if if I really felt like you know a, a running adding a running back one rest of way, you know a 20 touch per week guy with good receiving production and good receiving opportunity was enough to, to give me that trophy shot. Yeah, I think I, I think I can go do it. and, and if it flops, I'm going to feel justified. I mean, he's got a great schedule, he's got great opportunity, he has a history of elite production. I mean the Steelers they're they're not in like tank mode. I mean they're still very much in the playoff hunt and in a crowded AFC North situation. So I mean they they're still going to be competitive for the next month at least uh, unless the bottom yeah. completely falls yeah. out. So I don't know are you you going to let let's say let's say you're in wild-card position. You're like you know, you're like 6th in your league right now. You're going to pay the presumed 107 for James Conner on the op, on the off chance that it it it
2: leads you to glory. Absolutely. Yeah, no 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 hesitation for me there i i believe in in what he can be and what he can be against the schedule he's going to face this year and uh if, if i'm buying in a valley hoping he climbs a hill in value in the next six or eight weeks uh, i automatically win the trade by itself right there so i think that's a no-brainer um it, it's hard hard to kind of pull the trigger and lose your twenty twenty-first, but um that's the kind of move you got to make this time of year you want to uh, push your team over the top, take advantage of an easy schedule. But uh, a few other guys I want to cover here before we kind of move on to wide receiver and tight end and wrap up. Alexander Madison uh, is an interesting sneaky buy because Dalvin Cook is like he's top five pick overall, uh, like in startup drafts right now. And the Vikings had the third easiest schedule down the stretch. So his value, I mean, you got to basically sell your entire roster to, to acquire Dalvin Cook. But Madison might be an interesting buy at one if you own Dalvin Cook, uh, and two if you just want to kind of position yourself. Hey, if something does happen to Dalvin Cook, who has shown uh, to get injured, uh, you know you're going to have somebody who's in a run-first team in a really, really run-favorable schedule. So he's a sneaky buy there for me. I'm not sure what the price is for Madison. Like, it's is it like a late two? Like, what what is it to you? I don't I don't know if a I don't know if like if even a random 2
1: would buy Madison. I feel like the people that bought him, I don't think it would. I, I think the people that bought him are going to feel like man, I actually got something that's you know, I, I can plug into my flex if I need to and I think everyone realizes what the Vikings run offense is now. Madison has 3 games with over, you know, with double digit rushing attempts. Uh he has 4 games with greater than 50 rushing yards. Um, he hasn't really done anything in in the way uh, of the receiving game. Dalvin Cook's been getting that work. Um, so, you know, but I, the value here really is, it, like you said, if Cook were to go down. But it's even possible that, you know, if, if the team is able to put itself in, in the driver's seat for a playoff spot, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case with the Packers looking like the class of the division. But if the Vikings can recover, um, they may want to protect Dalvin cook a little bit and, and ease up on his workload and go to more of a balanced committee approach uh, down the stretch. So I I think you'd have to pay two twos to get the Madison's, the Madison owner's attention uh, or, or, you know, send like a weekly starter at the wide receiver position, wide receiver being pretty deep, you know, obviously this year. Yeah. I think, I think you're gonna have to do something like that. Uh, so, but I, I, I really love the suggestion. If, if cook goes down this week, I mean, Madison takes a wild card team and, and potentially makes you like a playoff favorite on on one play oh, with one instantly. injury. Yeah, so uh, l- yeah, love it. I don't. We're call, calling it a sneaky buy. I don't know that it's so sneaky. I think the Madison owner is going to know exactly what not you're trying sneaky. to do. Unfortunately,
2: um, yeah, yeah. But especially if they're not competing, like I, I would be okay with like if I'm not competing and maybe I hit on Madison. That two seconds is like an auto accept. I feel like. So like if they're not in a, in a position to really use Madison, I think that's how you you get it done. But a, another opportunity I think that we could look at is you know that tandem in Denver. I'm not sure that they're going to have a super reliable offense uh, every single week. But Freeman and Philip Lindsay uh, for Denver they have easy matchups down the stretch. I mean like four out of the last five weeks. Uh, looking pretty soft right now. I mean, you got the the Bills who have actually been kind of soft on the ground, not so much through the air. Uh, but then they face the Chargers that are near league worst, Chiefs that are near league worst, and really they face a Texans team that just lost JJ Watt. And then you got the Lions in, in the championship week. So. Lots uh, to love there in terms of safety and I I think safety in terms of they're going to get volume in touches. And if they do anything with those touches against the weak matchups, they have to be flex worthy. But I I don't think you you move a ton to go acquire uh, either of them because I'm not really sure who the running back one is there, like the real one, like long term. Are you feeling one way or the other like, hey, it's now it's going to trend towards Freeman or now it's going to trend towards Lindsay. It's looking more and more like Freeman touch wise, but. Like What are you thinking with that tandem?
1: I mean, it re- the reason that it's hard for you to, you know, say who's the one, you know, the 1A or whatever is, I mean, it basically has been exactly a 50-50 split. Um, I, I'm using the Rotoviz NFL Stat Explorer. Uh, if you look in the bottom the bottom quadrant on the Fantasy Stats tab, uh, one of the many apps that's part of the NFL Stat Explorer is a weekly Stat Explorer. And you, can, and you can mess around with those charts. And I'm looking at snap percentage uh, by week for Royce Freeman, 47%, 52%, 49%, yeah. 62%, 54%, 61%, 63 51%. So, I mean, a slight edge probably in snaps to, to Royce Freeman, uh, getting a little bit maybe more of the, the early down work. But, I mean, Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman has, I mean, he's pacing for over 60 targets this year. I mean, he's getting. I mean, he, he's getting a lot. He's getting a lot of you know the high value looks, uh, double digit carries in all but one game. In addition to all the receiving work, so um, you know I, I I still think he's the long term better investment. But if if you're trying to buy one, hoping to catch lightning in the bottle, you know just checking with each owner and seeing which guy's cheaper is probably a good way to go. Uh, Royce Freeman, uh, running back, uh, twenty four year to date. Uh, in PPR, Philip Lindsay. I'm pulling up uh, right now. Also using the uh, statics explorer. He's actually PPR uh, running back twelve uh, year to date, and uh, you know also getting a decent amount of uh, receiving work, but uh, has more rushing touchdowns than than Freeman. the main reason uh, for that. He he is getting more rushing attempts per game. So I mean, a snap percentage leaning maybe a little bit to Freeman. Touch opportunity maybe leaning a little bit to Lindsay. But, I mean, running back 12, I mean, that's, that's like, fake. Like, we're not treating Philip Lindsay like a running back one in Dynasty. I mean, it's hard for me to even treat him like a running back two in Dynasty and pay that for him. I think the, the incoming class is going to push a guy like him down or his level of attractiveness down. So, of the pair, I prefer to buy Royce Freeman. Do you have a preference?
2: Yeah, I'm leaning Freeman with the capital and with, um, you know, with the size and with, with uh, you know, his, his growing receiving role. I think that... uh I like him being safer moving forward. But speaking of guys that are probably going to lose some value with next year's draft, draft, everyone uh, just implied draft class at the position. Mark Walton obviously has just kind of fallen into a decent role on a team that doesn't really have any, any interest in winning. Uh, so, uh, I mean, when when they're trotting him out with the, the intention of losing, essentially, they're like, "Hey, guy who should be maybe a running back three on most teams, please go do just." good enough to make it look like we're not trying to lose i you know mark walton i mean down the stretch is he worth a buy to you at all i don't think he sticks
1: it it would certainly be hard to start him with any level of confidence um you you gotta you gotta evaluate the floor there Um, i mean with drake being gone uh, there's certainly less threat um, to his opportunity since week six uh, when he started getting more run if we look at expected uh ppr points per game you know, so basically what's the value of his role? Uh, 11.4 expected PPR in week six against Washington. 8.7 expected versus Buffalo. 14 expected uh, versus versus Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think low double digits in terms of expected fantasy points is probably fair uh, to look at him. So, I mean, I think he's a streamable flex player the rest of the way, which is fine. I mean, if you can – if somebody would, like, sell him to you for, like, a third – I'm I'm cool with that. It's production now. If you're going to use him at least one week or, you know, you've got some Alchie running backs and you just need somebody to plug in, I'd be okay with it. I'm not giving it up anything more than a third uh, for Mark Walton, though, at this point.
2: Nah, me either. The uh, New England running backs have an interesting schedule down the stretch. Uh, really good schedule in the playoffs, 14, 15, 16. Maybe the best schedule on the board. Uh, are you targeting any of those guys? Like uh, when it gets colder, do you think they go with Michelle and – he's worth a buy it's 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 certainly hard to target
1: it's certainly hard to target patriots running backs um and feel and feel good about it i mean we just we talk about it every year um would you care to guess though uh would you care to guess where james white ranks among running backs in ppr off the top of your head
2: Oh my gosh! Um, like right, like just through, like in terms of average or in terms of his, uh, like uh, just year to date, uh, just like total, yeah, just total, just raw year to date, yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe like twenty. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty-five.
1: Um, has played in seven. Twenty-five. He's played in seven games. James White has scored double-digit PPR points in every game. He's been the ceiling. Games have not been there this year, but he's been the ultimate floor player i mean he's been he's been automatic 13 11 13 13 13 12 11 so if you're you know (laughs) if you're gonna if you're gonna target a patriots back with the idea of you know using him week in week out james white is probably cheaper than sony michelle at this point and he's certainly more bankable um sony michelle has a a couple 20 point games a year to date at this point um and but, you know, he's so script sensitive, you know, so James White would probably be my target. I would give a second for him uh, if if I needed it. You know, I'd feel very good about getting, you know, essentially he's averaging like, you know, a little bit over 12 PPR per game. I'd feel very good about paying a second for that. Might have to pay two seconds if if I knew both seconds were going to be late. Might even be willing to do that. Um, probably wouldn't be targeting Sonny Michelle just because I don't like buying that type of player. Uh, that's so script-sensitive,
2: uh, do you have a preference? I think I believe in White's role, um, and I, I believe it every single year more so than whoever is the plotter uh, in that offense. Because, uh, yeah, Michelle might have a three-touchdown game, but that's not – I mean, he, he could also just blank. And and so I'm not really I, – I love that the PPR four. He, I, I just looked up his numbers too because I just – uh, I was just curious how, how that had actually happened. And I had forgotten that, you know, he has a, a measly, you know, 42 receptions already, which we, we get super excited uh, right now over Austin Eckler and his 51 uh, at this point because that's pace for like 100 receptions. But right behind him is James White, who is ahead of Christian McCaffrey in, in terms of receptions right now. So I think that's, that's a, a definite uh, sneaky uh, play to target in, in a soft-type matchup. Uh, in the playoffs uh, down the stretch. So I definitely like that. Uh, a couple other guys uh, that are more obvious, but uh, kind of similar conversation to earlier Nick Chubb uh, and, and the Browns uh, have a good matchup down the stretch. David Montgomery just w- went off, uh, kind of saw an expanded role. He's got an easier schedule uh, down the stretch, too. Kind of, I think, probably, uh, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but kind of similar uh, type situations to. Um, Jacob's just to a lesser extent, just because they're they're both probably ascending at this at this very moment. But you don't have to, you know, they may be a major. Uh, Chubb probably isn't, but Montgomery is definitely a, a tier or three below uh, <laughs> Chubb or um, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and Jacobs. So uh, I think that's an interesting buy for me if you uh, want to invest in somebody with a nice schedule. Yeah, my biggest issue with buying Chubb is I I think. Josh Jacobs is
1: going to be cheaper than Chubb, um, and we already talked about him, and he's actually got a little bit better schedule than Chubb. I, I think, I want to say that I saw Ryan McDowell, uh, Dynasty Command Center um, co-owner Ryan McDowell, running a DLF mock draft on Twitter, and I want to say Nick Chubb was like a late, a late first startup pick in that new ADP. Or he was certainly right at the one-two turn, yeah, and and he's like right yeah, there. Yeah, and Jacob Jacobs yeah. hadn't run uh, up quite so high yet, and so I'd rather buy Jacobs than Chubb uh, if we're talking about spending multiple first plus on a player. Montgomery finally got the yeah. big workload we were looking for. I man, I still don't. I just don't know. I don't know what's the what's the price that you pay for him because you know he, he had ba- basically been in the value tank before last week but everyone who hadn't already sold off their shares now feels justified and vindicated for being patient I
2: mean what are, you, what, are yeah. what are you paying It's a roller coaster I, I mean if you'd rather I think the the conversation is kind of over there I mean like the cuz it's Jacobs would probably be your your number one target down the stretch for this year I guess Chubb's like a consolation prize that's probably going to cost you just the same, at least uh, to most owners. So, uh, yeah, I, I see. I would much prefer to target Jacobs down the stretch this year just because of the, the price. I think you're dead on there. But I think a major discount, den, a discount Ben uh, type player would be uh, the, the David Montgomery play uh, as kind of like an increased flex. Um, that uh, could trend upward if, if he sees usage uh, that looks like he's going to be the feature there uh, down the stretch. But what? But that's probably all the time we have for running back because we we'd need to talk about what's what, up.
1: I mean, what what are we going to pay for Montgomery though? Like I, I mean, just offering your mid twenty twenty first. I don't know if I mean maybe some guys would divest for that. I don't think that's an auto accept. I mean, I'm not paying more than twenty twenty first. it's probably more of a player for player pivot situation would you sell okay would you sell like Le'Veon bell what levy on bell for david montgomery would you do that
2: no nah, i don't probably not no what
1: would you want with david montgomery for Le'Veon bell
2: on um, the montgomery side
1: yeah what what would you want in addition to i don't know a second a second does it sound right okay um let, let's think of some other would you sell would you would you sell curtis samuel curtis samuel in a second for, so let's say you're gonna, you know, that Montgomery owner is flush at running back, or knows they own early 2020 picks, and they're gonna, you know, reinvest in running back next year. They they want to grab a young wide receiver and some more draft capital. Curtis Samuel on a second or David Montgomery.
2: I'd go with Mon- Monty there.
1: Okay, just because of the value of the RB.
2: Yeah, I think so. The yeah. value of the RB, and I think he's gonna trend outwards. Still, okay, down the stretch this year. I right, just
1: want to give some people some actual but, trade ideas there uh, before we move
2: on to uh wide yeah, receiver. Super, yeah, super, super actionable there, I think. Uh, and before we do, I just want to, you know, tell you guys again uh, we've been talking about this uh, sponsor for a while, but uh, the Harry's Razors. Uh, that we just love talking about them. That's a great product. And humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave hasn't shaved, you know, hasn't, I almost said hasn't shaved much, but it hasn't changed much either. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles and neither do you. And that's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to the razors. They focus on delivering what exactly, what actually matters to you and probably uh, just about anybody. They, they just deliver sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And I personally do love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, low price. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash blue wire for your free trial today. And Harry's, you know, it's it's basically just essential to, to my shave and it should be an essential to yours. It's got the quality durable blades at a fair price. It's just $2 per blade. And Harry's is just super convenient. I mean, Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription and there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love you know, your shave, then let them know and they'll give you a full refund. And listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today.
1: Travis, before we hit wide receiver, we're just going to do a little, you know, I, I know most people are going to be listening to this on Friday. Kenyon Drake is smashing the, the San Francisco 49ers right now. Kenyon Drake was traded from the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> To the Arizona Cardinals and is filling in for David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, who uh, I'm afraid may relegated to flash in the pan status. Kenyon Drake against the stout San Francisco 49ers. I mean, we have basically the whole fourth quarter left 14 carries for 108 yards and a touch, four receptions for 52 yards. I mean, just sm- he's, he's going to have a career game against 49ers uh, like what, three days after joining the organization? Um, this is, this is interesting. So let's let, this is, this is just instant reaction. What, what would we pay for Kenyon Drake on a contender? Uh, would we pay two David Johnson? Two... <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. It is weird. It is weird. I, David Johnson still has some major stands and there's some major doubters at this point, but, uh, would you pay a first for Drake and a second?
2: Mm. If it's you know it's a late first and a second, I think sure why not? Let's just overreact. Let's just go crazy because the truth is, I, you know he's he's going to be a free agent after this year. You know, so like he's he's in a situation now that you know he could basically prove his worth, go crazy for a few weeks, say hey look, I've got the draft capital. I've always had the athleticism. I've always had the receiving chops. The Dolphins just really love screwing up players and their careers so i think Kenyon drake is in a great situation now to uh, make a splash and even if he's on a different team and he probably will be next year you can you can probably bank it that he's going to be somewhere and he's going to be given some decent kind of role yep. and let's say david johnson is hurt worse and he isn't the guy anymore that'd be weird uh you know obviously we're, we're overreacting to one game but um just, just there's so many ways that Kenyon Drake returns value here. So yeah, I I don't know what what, what do you value him? Like what what would you try to acquire a Kenyon Drake for? Well I think I think it would take that type
1: of trade. Um it would take that type of trade offer to actually get him. Um you'd be buying him high. He already just getting out of Miami was already a boost for his value and and then immediately showing out in, in the Cardinals offense is certainly going to boost him again. So I think you're going to need the sticker shock of, of the first in that offer to get it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm good with it. I think that's, that's probably a a fair price, especially if, if you can reasonably project that second, uh, and know where it's going to, where it's going to fall. Um, you know, certainly there's other players that you can go target in in offers like this. Um, but yeah, it's never been a question of talent with Drake. It's just been a question of Adam Gase not necessarily liking him, and then the new regime. Um, I think so hell bent on tanking that they <laughs> just didn't want to give him the touches. Uh, Drake's too yeah, good. Yeah, he's too good. He might, yeah. yeah, this is this is uh, <laughs> disynchronous to our goals for this year. So um, okay, so let's let's move on to wide receiver. But a little rapid reaction there.
2: Sure. Yeah. No, I think that's a must because he's going to have like. You know, like I, let's just say he's going to end up with three hundred yards. I don't really know, but <laughs> that would be fun. But uh, DJ Chark, let's just dive right in because the Jags have a fun schedule. We've already mentioned that with Goatner Winshew. That's uh, because all he does is is, uh, is win games, and he, he is the goat. You see what I did there? But um, <laughs> down the stretch, DJ Chark uh he's been doing great things he's got tons of air yards all season long dd D. westbrook's got a lot of targets blah blah blah. people want to buy him low but i think dj dj shark is just the guy you know and, and, and as much as he wants you um you know his, his name makes you want to do that uh that, the shark song and i apologize for those that are going to be singing now uh <laughs> after this podcast but you know as much as yeah. And Curtis is shaking his head. Yeah, it's okay. I'll leave that alone. DJ Chark. He's the real deal. Love to see it. And we were talking about this actually back in April. I don't know if you remember that, Curtis. We are like, look, somebody's going to catch passes in Jacksonville. And uh, DJ Chark looks good in his limited action. And here he is. Here we are. He's like wide receiver one almost. And and he's only going to get better down the stretch because he plays the Falcons in the championship week. He plays the Raiders week before that. He plays the Bucks, just making it into the playoffs. Like, what in the world is his buy price? Because I feel like if I'm an owner, I'm believing. Yeah, I saw. I man, I wish I
1: could remember who who posted this. It was a you know reasonably big name on on Twitter. Man, I wish I could remember who posted this. Somebody saying that. Um, they were trying to move Julio Jones for DJ Chark uh, straight up in Dynasty. I mean, their wide receivers four. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, their Whoa. wide receivers four and five on the year. Um, I don't know that I would do that quite yet, but I mean, let's look at year-to-date production and then and then talk about age, talk about situation. I mean, some some of the names you know, kind of behind, just behind DJ Chark. I mean, because there's there's only four guys in front of him. It's so Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, DJ Chark. So then you got Mike Evans, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, all these guys behind yeah. DJ Chark. Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, Kenny Galladay. I, it, this is insane. I, I would trade. I would trade Kenny <laughs> Galladay. I would trade Kenny Galladay for D, DJ Chark, and I think on name value you might be able to get that deal done. Um Right away, you, I, I wouldn't even think I,
2: about it. Just smash accept.
1: Adam yep. Adam Thielen um, has been you know has banged up. Adam Thielen for D, DJ Chark straight up, Chark. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Um, that's the thing is when you actually get into the names, it, it does become apparent that he's risen up the board. Okay, Brandon Cooks for DJ Chark straight up, Chark. Okay, just slam dunk. Right. So um, you know there's. It, this is the, the thing that's great about Shark is there's still going to be some doubters because of the Jag, because it's the Jaguars and they haven't typically been a wide <laughs> yeah. receiver haven for you know for many years short of Allen Robinson yeah. garbage time year um, and because we have the uncertainty at the quarterback position um, I, I still think there's probably some skeptics out there on on Shark so you, you can buy him with the idea that he's going to help you this year but then also that he's a sound dynasty investment.
2: Um, so that's what makes a, a yeah, purchase he's like on that pace fun. For, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he's on pace for like 80, 1,312. Like that's that's insane. So can't argue with the numbers. They're there. Uh, court, He's more efficient. Cortland Sutton or DJ Chark? See, that's actually interesting like, because uh, Cortland Sutton's overachieving with like no, uh, nothing, a virtual zero, at quarterback. Um, That's going to be an interesting conversation all offseason just because if... After the, the Broncos draft, Justin Herbert next spring, uh, it's going to be interesting just to see what, what that kind of looks like. So I don't yeah. think I, I want to make that kind of move uh, right now. They have the
1: same stat line other than the touchdowns. I mean, Sharks got them doubled up 6-3. to yeah. three. I mean, they both have 39 receptions, over 600 receiving yards, uh, 60 and 61 yep. in targets, uh, respectively, in um, both in eight games. I mean, so even on a per-game basis. I mean, really, it just comes down to the touchdowns. So... Uh, Sutton's got the draft mm-hmm. capital advantage. Um, I think we can still make the argument. Barely. Yeah, I mean, people forget yeah, just that. barely, but I it's mean, barely. I mean, Hey, the round one matters, the round one capital matters. Um, but yeah, round two, SEC, oh, wasn't, it, wasn't it
2: round two? Yeah. 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 Chark. Yeah. yeah
1: Chark was, <laughs> uh, Chark was round two. Wasn't he? Am I misremembering? Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they're, they're pretty close. Yeah. So. They're pretty close.
2: It wasn't that far uh, off.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think. I mean, it's probably time for a major dynasty rankings uh, shakeup with DJ Chark too. I mean, I, I think he's he's weaselled his way into you know top twenty four consideration with what he's doing, and and given the situation and some of the names we're saying, we take uh, him over at this point. It, would you pay? You, I mean, one first isn't gonna you know your your own first if you're a playoff contender isn't gonna do it. No one's gonna trade him for a late first. Would you pay a first and a second for Chark?
2: Yep, right away.
1: Okay, if you let's say you you have been hoarding picks and you're a good dynasty owner, have been you know compiling these picks, and you own a 2020 presumed top five pick, would you pay a top five 2020 pick for DJ Chark? Yes. Okay. There you go. I mean, that's as, that's as actionable as it gets there on, on shark, um, a couple other guys, you know, we'll just kind of quickly, um, breeze through here. Um, the Buccaneers have a great rest of season schedule. Not sure it's feasible to actually go out and buy Chris Godwin or, or Mike Evans at, at this juncture. Um, so I don't, I, I think it's, it's of note. You know we talked uh, about going out and buying Winston, but I mean, God, Godwin's gotta be impossible to buy. At this point, uh,
2: he's another like late first round startup pick, right? Like he's creeping up in that conversation.
1: Yeah, probably. And and in one of our recent episodes, we talked about Godwin uh, and Evans, and you and I both have them in the same tier at this point, is basically whichever guy you can get cheaper. Um, Another team that um, you noted, you know, kind of going through the strength of schedule streaming app on rotaviz.com, looking for these potential buy targets for contenders uh, were the Jets receivers. So we're probably talking J-Mo Crowder and Robbie Anderson here. Is either one of them attractive to you uh, at the level of paying a pair of seconds?
2: No, not really. Not really. I, I, in fact, I would, I, in all seriousness, and I'm not even joking here, like Demarius Thomas has actually kind of like developed some kind of uh, role there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see just because he costs nothing. Uh, and no one thinks of him as anything. Just getting him in, in as a throw-in. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's relied upon down the stretch with Sam Darnold. Just trying to find a, a trustworthy veteran uh, at some point. And if that ever develops into anything, that would be that would be a fun flex play to, to see, kind of uh, some kind of resurgence down the stretch here, just given the matchup. So uh, that seems kind of like it's a long, you know, stretch there. But it really isn't. I mean, if we given what we know about who Demarius Thomas is and what he's done in this league.
1: So I'm, I'm looking at his game log. Uh, he has been productive in four straight games, at least seven PPR and four straight games and broke double digits in two of the four looking at, at actual usage and the last four at least five targets, uh, five targets in two of the games, nine targets in the other two and at least 40 receiving yards in all of those matchups and uh, no receiving touchdowns. So probably, you know, if, if this type of, Usage continues. You can expect him to to score a touchdown or two along the way. So yeah, I don't mind that as a as a free you know maybe flex streamer, um, probably able to get Demarius Thomas for a third round pick easy uh, at this point. So you know yeah, I mean
2: he's averaging seven targets a game right now. Yeah, like in the past four. That's, a, that's so. probably
1: a sneakier buy. I, I don't mind it. Not a ce- not a ceiling play, um, but of an emergency floor no. play as we saw some bye week coverage uh, that we can need to get through. All right. Who's who's the prime buy at the tight end position? Rest of season and from a dynasty perspective,
2: I think it has to be Hunter Henry. I mean, even with it, what he what he's been able to do, like I feel like he's not all the way up in the top tier, like with Travis Kelsey and and whoever else you want to put up. You know, like Kittle, uh, even like Ingram. I think a lot of people see him as a step down, but I don't think that he needs to be a step down uh, value wise, and he's got a nice schedule going down the stretch. Uh, and he's not just this boom bust tight end like every other back end tight end one. So before Hunter Henry gets into that Kittle, uh, Kelsey tier in this off season when people really break down uh, what he's probably going to become, I'm I'm going after him right now. Okay, what what
1: does that mean? What are, what are you paying?
2: I mean, like it's my probably my first. Like if I'm in in a, in a situation to to win, if I'm like a top something team and I don't have a Kittle. I don't have a Kelsey, but I want somebody who can maybe match that I kind of make up, you know, my, my my two biggest threats have Kelsey and they have Kittle and I have to match that mm-hmm. kind of that fire firepower, just position for position. Yeah. Wait, well, let's go with the first. Okay. I think,
1: I think there's a less than 50% chance that that offer is going to be su- accepted. I think I would, I'd pay a late first form as well. I agree. But would we pay even more? Would you pay two, two, th- like f- two firsts first and- first for Hunter Henry and a second? Would you do that?
2: Mm. <sighs> it's really hard to do it for a, a tight end. It's it's if you believe he's going to get in year. It's a, it's a
1: rebuilder. So, like he- so a rebuilder is the only type of team that's going to sell Hunter Henry right now. They're going to do it if you overpay. I mean, a contender's not selling Hunter Henry. So we're looking at the other end of the standings, right? So Hunter Henry's owned by a rebuilder. Yep. That second round pick it's gonna be an early twenty twenty second it's like top three you're gonna pay your twenty twenty and your twenty twenty one for hunter henry in the early twenty twenty second that's the scenario you're gonna do that
2: uh let's just get it done let's just get it done okay yeah
1: i can't i can't criticize um i mean geez he's uh what eight for a hundred and a pair of touchdowns six for ninety seven four for forty seven and in the first game uh of the season before you know you went down and had to miss a couple weeks. Four for sixty. So four receptions in every game. Um, Three out of four over sixty has the touchdown receiving upside. The the only slight hesitance is the Chargers just look like an absolute train wreck right now. And um, but I think the thing that is encouraging is is compared to when he's had you know his spurts of success in the past, uh, it was not on a lot of target volume. It was the touchdown upside. And and now it looks like he has more of a, a bankable role. So yeah, I don't I don't mind that. I mean, if, if you are of the belief that Hunter Henry is a difference making tight end, a onesie position advantage type player, um, I'm okay being that aggressive. I think the other guy that we want to mention, well, well let's mention just two other guys very quickly. So Gerald Everett has kind of been the post, 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 post hype uh sleeper breakout uh this year, has a, a couple um really, really huge games. And actually has one of the most favorable schedules rest of season for the Rams. The Rams have uh, even before Brandon cooks, i um, got into, you know, this concussion situation again and, and had to have another valuation um, had already started leaning more towards getting the tight end involved and, and a little bit more away from being dependent on the three wide receivers. So Gerald Everett, uh pair of seconds, would you pay a pair of seconds for Gerald Everett? He's tight end oh, ten on the year doesn't really mean nah. anything. Uh, it's you know he's basically had because yeah, he's been all he's had three been, usable been games so far boom or bust. yeah he's had three usable games he had five forty four yeah. one line he had the huge seven one thirty six and he had a four for fifty and and a touch uh, two weeks ago yeah
2: but, I think if they're like a pair of late if they're a pair of late seconds okay okay his okay so because he, I think he's somebody who's who's gonna see he he's on by this yeah.
1: week Travis his schedule. Rest of season. I mean, his schedule rest of season. I mean, it is green. It, it stinks that you know week seventeen is not part of the fancy playoffs because we'd be talking about a guy that gets to face Arizona twice rest of the year. But uh, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle, Dallas all show up as screaming um, great, great matchups. You know, unfortunately, in championship week, you know he plays San Francisco, um, who absolutely just throttled him. Uh, and it was the week after, you know, so Seattle is one of the, the, the great matchups that he's got. And that was his breakout game. It was the week after that, that he faced 49ers. And, and they held him to, to two receptions for nine yards. Um, that's what you're going to get in the fantasy championship uh, for Gerald Everett. So I don't know that Gerald Everett has put himself into like difference-making tight end territory. Um, I think he's a streamable tight end, you know, and if he's part of your tight end stable, you know, you're happy about that. I like, think he's got so many plus matchups that you'd use him a lot. Um but I but I agree it's this is not an overpay situation in Dynasty, you know, right now unless we're talking like a, a tight end yeah. premium um or start two tight end league. And then um you had noted here, um, and this is probably a guy uh on the cheap, if if you're like mm-hmm. in desperation territory and just need to put up some sort of, you know, maybe floor, um, you know, Darren Fells. <laughs> Darren Darren Fells with the the late yeah. career breakout. <laughs> uh talk about him a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've seen him have have brief stints uh, of of production, just productive fits in in his career. But I mean, he's got two six two and six in terms of receptions over the past four weeks. So he's kind of a boom bust type option. He had a couple scores. I don't suspect he's going to be a long term dynasty asset. But if he's like some just kind of throw in in some other deal that you're really trying to trying to make uh, with any of the other players that we're, that we're talking about, uh, I think he's he's somebody that they could well. First off, he might be on waivers anyway, but I mean, you could easily have him just as a throw in value, somebody trying to get anything out of a player like Fels. Okay,
1: let's stop talking about Darren Fells. We don't care about that anymore. I have breaking news. Good. Breaking news, Travis. <laughs> Andy Isabella just scored an 88 yard touchdown uh, in this Niners. Without freaking time. <laughs> My gosh. In this, in this Niners Cardinals game, the Cardinals have just pulled within three points of the 49ers, uh, it's 28 25. Andy Isabella, API all star and uh Travis May's uh Debbie model over at Rhodeviz. <laughs> yeah. Um, great to see him uh, producing and taking one to the house. Um, pretty awesome. So uh yeah, anyway, that that's Andy Isabella, eighty eight yard touchdown, much more interesting than Darren <laughs> Fells at, at this point. So um okay. So, so much sorry more about where that. that's gonna you know,
2: <laughs> much more where that came from. It's gonna happen. uh, the breakout is coming guys this is only the beginning but uh, i think that's that's more than we really have time for uh, this week but i'm gonna wrap it up here thanks for joining us for another dynasty command center podcast curtis it's great just catching up with you i know we uh, took a week off but i wanted to get a bunch of good information give you guys uh, all the information all the names you need to help go win your championship you can find me on twitter at ff underscore travis m you can find uh, curtis at c patrick nfl Uh, if you want to just jump in for more names to uh you know just chase after to help you win your championship but uh, thanks again for listening and uh, as always keep living that dynasty life